Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, your wealth activator. And today we're going to have an amazing conversation about prenups. Carrie Jacobson is the CEO and managing partner at Jacobson Family Law, a boutique law firm based in Maryland. Under Carrie's leadership, Jacobson Family Law provides virtual legal services to individuals and couples throughout various life transitions, including pre- and post-nuptial agreements, divorce mediation, collaborative divorce, settlement negotiations, and estate planning. The firm tailors its services to suit the specific situation and budget of each client, ensuring personalized and effective legal solutions. That's so awesome. I love that. It's bringing memories back of when I served as a paralegal. And I remember getting my, um, going through my classes for my certification. You know, I was like looking at, oh, do I specialize in family law, divorce law? And I come from a divorced family. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to go into real estate. It's easier. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. First I did bankruptcy and that was a lot of fun. We get a lot of bankruptcies and then they go over the divorce side. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, in my prior firm, I also did some bankruptcy work and previously to going to law school, I also worked in real estate. So a lot yeah. of conversation there. Yep. Yeah. We have a lot of similarities. That's awesome. So prenup, postnup, I, you know, I, I, postnup, I had not heard about so I, I guess I want to know more about this post-nup. Why would somebody want to get that? Sure. When does it so, come into play? Yeah. A post-nuptial agreement is very similar to a prenuptial agreement, except that it's signed after the marriage. And we have seen an uptick in them primarily related to one spouse owning a business and how that... Mm going to be addressed if forever, you know, in, in the event that they ever get divorced or even addressing it in the relation to estate planning. Hmm. That's really interesting because I never really thought about that. And we always hear about the liability um, of the company. And that's why I thought LLCs were born, you know, to kind of captivate that. And then, you know, but thinking about it in a, in a situation, and I know the laws are different in every single state. So what are the advantages of doing this um, for the business purpose? Well, for the business owner, it could be that they you know, do not have to divide the value of the business if they were to divorce. Um, also for the non, 
the, the spouse who is not the owner, um, it could address those things like tax liabilities or other debts so that they would not be, you know, responsible for those. Yeah. I, I can't imagine like if I was the on the other end of like not being the business owner and the business was doing multi, you know, billion dollars. And then all of a sudden I'm going to like give that up. Like, no, <laughs> right. I want my share <laughs> because of me, you got to work in your business and develop it and grow it. I mean, I supported you the whole way. How do you address that with couples? So it could just be a structure of what the payout might look like. Um, or how defining how the asset would be valued. So a pre and post note doesn't necessarily have to say that the other spouse isn't entitled to anything. It could just be the way that it's defined and the mechanism for how they're going to value it so that there's not an argument later. Yeah. Do you think um, in your in your experience, it sets the up, sets the relationship up for failure, especially around finances? Does it like create this barrier of trust? I think it's actually the opposite because I think so many people have this reluctance to have those conversations mm -hmm. and what, you know, what we find in the divorce side of the practice is a lot of it has to do with finances and maybe the way that one spouse may be the saver and the other spouse is the, you know, the spender having these conversations at the outset of a relationship about how they're going to spend and what assets are going to be, you know, each person's can really alleviate some of that trust issues because you're having that open conversation about it. Yeah. And that makes sense too. I know for a lot of our listeners out there, um, emotions come up when it comes to this. Well, what do you mean? I didn't get married to get divorced. And why do we have to talk about this? Talking about finances is taboo. And, you know, I, I think of my client, my one client, especially who's coming to mind who, you know, her husband has this scarcity mindset and everything's no, 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 we can't afford that. No, let's not do that right now. Like, no, we need to do this first. And she gets this feeling inside of her, like, oh, stop saying no. Like, let's just enjoy the money that we do have. Do you ever address that in these agreements? So one way of addressing that would be if there is, you know, a, a set of money that's going to be their shared money. And maybe there's a set of money that's going to be their separate money. And those separate assets, they would be able to make those decisions on maybe it's investing a different way or using it for vacation, you know, or something along those lines. But they've, you know, parsed out what is going to be the joint asset and what's going to be separate. Yeah. And that makes total sense. As a family owned business, do you have these agreements in place with your family members? Um, so personally, do I have, I do not have a prenup. Um, <laughs> and I guess primarily because when I did not have the business, when I, when we first got married, so yeah. So maybe a post enough is <laughs> I always tell my husband, we've yeah. been together for 34 years. And, you know, the occasion that we do get mad at each other, we'll be like, well, we can always get divorced. I'm like, yeah, we could. There's the door. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> see ya. You know, and we used to live in a state that's 50 50. I don't know what Florida's like you know, but divorce isn't on our plate. But, you know, I know I, when I worked at social security administration, I saw so many marriages fail after 38 years and I was shocked. And like, I would come home and I would tell my husband, I'm like, I don't understand. They spent so much time and energy in their relationship. And they say the number two um, reason for divorce is finances. Yeah. 
So in your personal experiencing experience working through divorces and looking at all those financials, what was like the, the biggest challenge for you to resolve for your clients when it came to fighting over the assets and things? Yeah, I think the hardest part is when there's not enough for two mm-hmm. separate households. You know, it's a lot easier when there are substantial assets that can be divided, but it's really challenging when you know, people are kind of stuck financially in a relationship that they don't, they don't want to be in. And there's just not enough income to support two households um, and, you know, make ends meet. I think that's probably one of the most difficult situations. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of clients that receive, you know, then I don't know if they call it alimony anymore, mm-hmm. Yep, uh, spousal support. And it runs out and, you know, they're like, I'm panicking. I don't know. I'm not going to have enough money, you know, and they have the skill set to make money. It's like, okay, what's this really all about? In your practice, do you find yourself like doing a lot of like counseling or therapy talk with your clients to get them through to be on the same page as you are? Absolutely. Um, You have to, you know, work with the client and then understand that this is something that is going to be a complete transition for many people um, and talk with them about their options and how they can, you know, move through the process um, and and come out on the other side. Um, And sometimes that means, you know, getting a job when you have not worked in a a while or did not anticipate having to go back into the workforce. Um, Sometimes it means having to work longer than you had anticipated because you now need the, the, you know, to maybe it's to pay alimony and you're going to have to, um, you know, not retire at 60, maybe you're going to have to retire at 70. Um, And so those are challenging conversations for sure. Yeah. And I I saw that a lot where people weren't able to retire when they wanted to because of divorce. Right. And, you know, I also see a lot of folks having to work well after 65 because of health insurance. Yes. And as an independent insurance broker, and I, I see the cost of health care. It's like, yeah, it's cheaper to work <laughs> and get health care through your employer than it is to buy it outright. Once you turn 65, it's a it's a different story. And you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I saw um, you know, in my, you know, experience with the financial piece of it is that a lot of people live or feel like they're living check to check, client mm-hmm. to they don't really have a foundation established. What is one of the pieces of advice that you give to your clients when they are starting off? Because a divorce is an opportunity for them to start fresh. Yes, absolutely. So the first piece of advice would be not to take the case to litigation if they can at all do so, because they're going to run through their financial resources very quickly if they take the case to court. If they can resolve their divorce through, you know, any alternative dispute resolution, whether it's mediation or settlement negotiation, they're going to save a lot of time, a lot of emotional stress, and a lot of money in the process that will allow them to come out on the other side in a better position. Um, You know, unfortunately, I've seen scenarios where people spend tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. And usually it's not worth the fight. Um, It's pretty typically pretty cut and dry. Um, It's as long as both parties can be willing to negotiate. Yeah. And that's the key. 
And especially in finances, we're always negotiating, right? Money gets to work for us. We get to partner with money just by negotiating and looking at the, you know, like I like to call it the wealth activation roadmap. Mm -hmm. program the wealth accelerator accelerator we're always looking at what's the goal like what ultimately what do you want absolutely getting rid of all the bitterness and anger but not even ignoring it processing it it's so important to connect with our our thoughts and our emotions Mm -hmm. and neutralize them so that we can make the decision and not from a place of you know this roller coaster ride that we're going on because we're hurt we feel betrayed or you know we don't trust that person i have a client who you know was married for 28 years and her husband you know, all of a sudden one day came home and said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. She's like, what? Uh-huh. What do you mean? Right. Went out and got himself a girlfriend and everything. And, you know, she didn't want the divorce. And like, you know, they're keeping it out of the litigation part, but it's dragging on forever. And it seems like those emotions really take a toll on one's health and their wealth, because all of a sudden, like they go from this beautiful home to this tiny apartment, their stuff's in storage. Mm-hmm. And their money is being spent on things that they didn't even plan for. So having a disruption like that, what's what kind of advice do you give your clients to help deal with that part of it? Dealing with the emotion is are absolutely key because it will, like you said, impact everything along the way. Um, it will impact how quickly you can make decisions and make, you know, help the process go forward. Um, and, really how organized you are going to be um, and how much help you can provide your attorney or mediator and that sort of thing. So one of the things that I always recommend if, um, you know, for our clients is either working with an individual therapist or, and sometimes, and a divorce coach. Um, Mm -hmm. Having both of those on your team can really help set you up on the emotional side so that once it, you get to the part of having to make decisions of, you know, dividing the assets and that sort of thing, you're in a better place to process those. Yeah, absolutely. And having a system, right? We need a system for everything. Yeah. In your own personal experience, what has been the biggest challenge for you um, with your journey with money? Biggest I think it is that scarcity mindset, especially when it comes to the business ownership. Um, I never had any expectations or uh, plans to be an entrepreneur or business owner. And so really tackling it from that side has been uh, probably my biggest challenge. Yeah. So you were in corporate and decided to go independent? I was with another firm prior to going out on my own. Um, and it was either go to work for another firm or do my own thing. And so given, you know, how much practice I had been, have ha- already had at that point and where I was in my career and, you know, I was expecting my second child. I was like, I'm just going to go for it. So yeah, and now it's been awesome. nearly nine years. Yeah. When I was a paralegal, I worked for a lot of solo, solo attorneys and then mm-hmm. I went to corporate and then I went over to the mortgage industry, but yep. it was always very interesting working with just one attorney versus working with a group, right. uh, you know, they're just the different dynamics of, of, you know, like, in, how do you get clients? Like, what's the best way in all of that? So what's your favorite way to acquire clients? Always referrals, whether that's from colleagues, past clients, um, other professionals. I do a lot of work with um, those therapists that I was referring to Um Financial analysts and financial planners are a great resource for us. 
Um, attorneys that are not in the family law space, but do other types of um, legal work. And honestly, a lot of social media, um, you know, we find Facebook groups are a great resource as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you serve people in other states besides Maryland. So for the mediation side of our practice, yes, we can serve people out anywhere across the country. Um, and then for the law side of the practice, um, we have Maryland clients. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's interesting to know. Um, cause I know a lot of the people listening would need your services and what a great idea to connect with, you know, divorce coaches and financial, uh, planners, advisors, wealth activators like myself Absolutely. to get those referrals. I love that. So we're going to definitely put the links to connect with you in the show notes. Um, what's the best financial tip that you can give our audience that has helped you in your own life, whether personally or in your business? I would say, honestly, in the last um, year and a half, I have been um, really using travel points and credit card points for traveling. And so um, we have been able to go on multiple vacations as a family of four on very little money in the last couple of years. And it's been wonderful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Catching in those points, leveraging that debt is so important to maximize your profit. I mean, there's so many different great ways and affiliate links too. Like every time you shop, like I always tell my clients, when you invest, you know, choose something that you always buy <laughs> and then go invest in it. And a lot of times the companies that we do business with offer affiliate links. I know um, I have my business banking with Novo and every time I refer someone and they, you know, meet certain criteria, we both get $40. Right. I'm like, woohoo, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's a beautiful system to set up so that you can get owner's comp and profit and really maximize your earnings. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your expertise. Um, for those of you listening, please connect with Carrie, especially if you're in that space where you just need a mediator or you have some questions on prenup or postnup or, you know, anything about family law. And if you're in the state of Maryland, check her out too. I know I have some listeners in Maryland since a lot of you are on my team for my insurance business. So uh, be sure to access that and find Carrie on social media to connect with her, follow her. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.